Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Psalm 61? Psalm 61. Now, let me tell you what I'm doing today. I'm preparing you for next Sunday. Next Sunday is Super Size Sunday. And with Super Size Sunday, we have a theme. And the theme is when life throws you a curveball. How many of you know what a curveball is? You know, it's like a surprise, something coming from left field, something that comes, but it's not a good surprise, it's a bad surprise. And it's something that shocks you. There's How many of you have had something like that happen to you? You got a shock. You woke up one day. So what do you do when life throws you a curveball? That's the theme of next Sunday. So what I thought I would do is that I would do part one this Sunday so that you know what next Sunday is about. Now, the difference that next Sunday is that we're going to have testimonies. We're going to have people share their story. And I'll only be preaching for maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most. Today, I'll preach for maybe 25 minutes at the most. But next week, it'll be 10 to 15. So how many of you know that life definitely has its ups and downs? And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you get no downs. Matter of fact, Anne and I are pastors. We've been pastors for 38 years. We've had our highs. We've had our lows. I mean, how many of you know on the 20th of June of this year, we had a high? Stand up, darling, stand up. Who have you got? Huh? Oh, and, and, and look at these little bunny ears. I can't believe it. Look at this. Look at this. How cute is she? Oh, look, she's shy. Did you see that? Just, just incredible high having our first grandchild. But you know what? We've also had lows. We've had um, incredible lows, and as, as, as pastors, we've done the journey of toughness with so many of you. I'll, I'll never forget the 31st of December, 1999, when Anne and I got a phone call saying, quick, get down to Royal North Shore Hospital. Francis DeSoti has had a terrible accident. Now, Francis was Anne's prayer partner, one of the most beautiful people you'll ever meet. And um, her daughter's car was being serviced at at the top of this driveway. And uh, the car was not, the handbrake wasn't on the car. And the car started to slide down the steep driveway. And Francis went to try to stop the car. And, uh, and the car went straight over the top of her. And uh, when we went to see her in the hospital, uh, the doctors warned us that um, her back had been broken, her spinal cord had been severed, and that in all probability that, that Francis would be a quadriplegic for the rest of her life. And, and uh, we, we went there and we, we were totally devastated. It was one of those curveballs that we went. We were only talking to her the day before. She was healthy, full of life, amazing. And then all of a sudden, bang. And uh, how many of you have done the journey with Francis from that day when we saw Francis? Guess what? Just quadriplegic, but 
just beautiful in her heart, beautiful spirit. And when we went to see her, you know, I remember I, I had tears in my eyes and I'm looking at her and she's paralyzed. She couldn't move her arms and legs. You know, the first words that she said to me while she was on that hospital bed, just not able to move, she looked me in the eye and she said, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. And Francis became a total inspiration. To the day she passed away, then I was able to do a funeral and tell the Francis story of how this lady, even though life dealt her a severe curveball, she was never able to walk, never able to move her arms, never able to move her legs, and yet she stayed sweet-spirited for the rest of her life. Can I just tell you that whether you are a strong Christian or whether you are a pagan, bad things happen to everybody. Can I tell you whether you're a strong Christian or whether you're a pagan, good things happen to everybody. And so good things and bad things happen to everybody. So, so I, I don't want us to be a church that is so positive in our confession that we kind of think that bad things never happen to us because that's not true. And the Bible never ever promises you that bad things won't happen to you. We quoted Psalm 23 today. How many of you know Psalm 23 is probably one of the most quoted Psalms in the whole Bible? And there's this phrase in Psalm 23. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Every time you say Psalm 23, you're actually talking about the fact that, that, that part of life is doing the valley of the shadow of death. Now you walk through it. You don't camp in it. But the valley of the shadow of death comes your way. Um, Psalm, uh, John 16, 33, Jesus says, in this world, in this life, not you might have tribulation. It says you will have. It's like, it's like a promise. It's like you want to live life. Well, guess what? You're going to have tribulation. How many of you know that a lot of our young people this week will be facing their trials? But anyway, that's another story. Year 12 just a dad joke, sorry. Year 12 are doing their trials next week. So they've got their trials. 2 Timothy 3, let's move straight along. Don't you record that. Just press delete on that. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, not might, but will suffer persecution. Isaiah 43 verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned, nor will the flame scorch you. So there's almost a promise that you're going to get floods, that you're going to get fire. It's all part of the package deal. And I don't think there's one person in this room that has not had a curveball thrown at them. So what do you do? Maybe some of you right now are in the midst of a curveball. Maybe some of you right now are in the midst of an incredible trial. What do you do? I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm going to try to answer it for you. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Psalm 61, verses 1 and 4. This is what it says. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter to me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. And then the verse finishes with a word. And the word is Selah. Selah. I'm going to preach about Selah 
this morning. But let me talk to you about four things that you can do when life throws you a curveball. The first thing you can do is this. You can grieve. He might cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed. How many of you know that, that sometimes your heart does feel overwhelmed? Uh, how many of you have been overwhelmed? Can I tell you, it's not a sin to grieve. Stop thinking it's a sin to grieve. Stop thinking it's a sin to feel pain. If you are human, you will feel pain. You will grieve. It's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve. It's okay to go through it and feel the pain of going through it. It's okay. And some of you need to be given permission to grieve rather than, oh, you know, positive confession. Come on, just stop doing that. Don't do that. It's like, stop it. Stop it. You know, it's, the Bible talks about there's a, there's a time for all things and there's a time to cry. And you know what's incredibly powerful? When you cry with somebody when they're crying, rather than you know, telling them they shouldn't do that. You know, there, there's a time to sit with somebody and cry with them. Yeah. You know, how many of you read the book of Job? Yeah. Talk about a curveball hitting anyone. And the Bible says that he was the most righteous man on the planet. And you know the best thing that his friends ever did for him? I mean, the Bible really, really gives Job's friends a really bad rap. But for seven days, they did something really, really good. And you know what they did for seven days that was really, really good? They just sat with Job and said nothing. They just sat with him and were there for him. How powerful is that? To, 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 to just go into someone's pain and be there and feel that. Can I tell you? It's very difficult for a lot of us to do that because we're always wanting to give our opinion. Anyway, grieve, cry, pray. And then, and then it says this. It says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Here's the second thing you can do is go to the rock, is be led to the rock. It's this, take a journey to the rock. Know this, that when you are overwhelmed, it's like being thrown into the sea. It's like having waves tossed to and fro around you. You need some stability. You need something strong. You need something immovable to give you perspective when you've lost your perspective, to, to, to give you uh, stability when you've lost your stability. Lead me to the rock. And how many of you know who the rock is? The answer is always Jesus. Whatever the question is, the answer is Jesus. He's the rock. And, and in Corinthians, it talks about the children of Israel had a rock who was following them. His name was Jesus. There's stability in God. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 18 verse 2 that God is my rock. He's a fortress. He's a deliverer. He's the immovable one, the unchangeable one, the stable one. We get that. And so we encourage people, get to God, get to the rock. Just be led to God. Don't get led away from God. Because so many people, when they're going through their tough times, blame God. I don't know how many people I've spoken to who are backslidden. And the reason they're backslidden is this. When I had my tough time, God wasn't there for me. Can I just redefine that? When you had your tough time, you went away from God because God's always been there for you. 
And what the psalmist says is, lead me to the rock. The tough times are wanting to take you away from the rock. And that's where you've got to turn around and say, no, in my tough times, I'm not going to go away from the rock. I want to be led to the rock. Lord, let me find you in the midst of my tough times and stop blaming God and stop saying, God, God never promised you you won't have tough times. The only thing that God promised you is that I'll be there in your tough times. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But let me add another layer to this. Because sometimes we just stop and say, well, God's my rock. But can I just add another layer to this? That sometimes you need people who are also your rock. You need some rock solid people in your life. And I want to tell you that if you don't have some rock solid people in your life, life becomes so lonely when the curveball hits. You need some people in your life that you know are consistent, that you know will always say the same thing. That's what you want in a signpost. You want a signpost that does not divert in the wind. How many of you know that a signpost, that whichever way the wind's blowing, they blow? How many of you know you don't want a signpost like that? You want a signpost that is so immovable that it doesn't matter what season, it doesn't matter how strong the wind is, how bad the season is, always points in the same direction. And let me tell you something that I will say to you. You can come here next year. You can come here in two years' time. You can come here in 10 years' time. And John Juliano will always point the same direction. I've been pastoring this church now for 23 and a half years, and I'm not deviated from the Word of God. The Word is the rock on which we stand. It's a solid foundation. And I want to tell you, and I commit myself to you, as I have done from day one, that you'll always hear the Word of God preached at Life Source Church. Can anybody say amen to that? That's what people need. Yeah, come on, if you're going to clap, make sure it's a good one. That's what people need. They need something rock solid that does not deviate, that constantly points the way to truth. Can I just say to you that another thing that's rock solid is the church community. You need a church community. When a curveball hits, the first thing the enemy wants to separate you from is God, and the second thing is God's people to separate you from God's people because he knows that when you're in the storm, you're going to sink, you're going to drown, you're going to go under. But when you are hanging on to something rock solid like your church community that stands with you, that does the journey with you, that's there to encourage you, that's there to build you up. When you're down, they're there to lift you up. They're not there to push you down. They're there to lift you up. They're there to give you an encouraging word. And sometimes the encouraging word is just God's with you. God's got it. That's it. Here's this this wristband. Just wear this. God's got it. That's all we can say to you. Just God's got it. He's going to see you through through. That's so powerful. Let's be led to the rock. Can anybody say amen to that? Then it says, for you have been, everybody say you have been. See, you have been, is, his point three is you got to look back. You have been. It's looking back to what God has done, how God has been in your life. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. This is what the psalmist is doing, is looking back to other situations where he went through another storm, just the past, just past situation. He's looking back and he says, but you've been. I'm facing this this horrid situation. And, and, And some people believe that the horrid situation that David was facing when he wrote this psalm was, was the betrayal of Absalom, his son. 
He was facing this horrid thing where Absalom wanted his throne and David had to run from Jerusalem and he was, he was running away from Jerusalem because Absalom was setting himself up as king. How many of you know he's stuck between a rock and a hard place? He loves his his son, but, but he hates what his son's doing. He, he doesn't want to defend himself. He's saying, God, you defend me. And, and he's just never been here before. But what he's doing, he's looking back over his life and he's saying, God, I remember when Saul was chasing me. I remember when the bear was chasing me. I remember when Goliath was chasing me. You have been, you have been, you have been, you've been a shelter from the storm, a strong tower from the enemy. I remember that. And I'm getting encouraged because I'm looking back and seeing when I was at my, at my wit's end, you came through for me. And if you've done it in the past, you'll do it in the present. And then he looks forward and he says, I will abide. I will abide in your tabernacle forever. I will trust in the shelter of your wings. Man, it looks pretty, it looks pretty bad now, but I'm looking back and I'm seeing faith. I'm seeing good things. I'm looking forward and I'm getting hope. How many of you know everybody needs some hope? Everybody needs some hope. Everybody needs some hope. Can I speak to the person right now? who's contemplated suicide? Can I speak to the person who this past week, just this week ago, your situation got so low that you thought the only way that I can fix this is to end my life. I want to say that what the enemy wants to do is steal hope from you, that it's hopeless. Your situation is hopeless, but you've come here today to hear a word from God. And I'm giving you this word that God is your hope and God is your salvation. He's going to turn this thing around. This thing is not forever. This thing's got a use by date. You will come through if you just hold on to your hope it becomes your solid rock in the midst of the storm don't let go God will see you through he is your hope you will abide you will abide in the tents and tabernacle of God you will you will shelter under his wings you will come through in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus come on You've got to make some declarations. When you look back and you look forward, you've got to declare the goodness of God. Some of you need to just to pull out this, this, this bookmark that you've got in your Bibles and start declaring. You start declaring not what you're in. Don't declare the curveboard. Declare the goodness of God. Declare that. Hey, I love this. Here, just on the back of this, there's five declarations. Can I speak them to you right now? I declare that every plan of the enemy against me shall fail. Come on, I want us to declare that together. Say, I declare that every plan of the enemy against me shall fail. And that's found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 19. It's a scripture in Jeremiah 1, 19. And all the scripture basic, can I read you the scripture? It says, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. That's the scripture. And we get the declaration. I declare that every plan of the enemy against me shall fail. Here's another one. I declare that God will turn my situation around. Come on, let's say it together. I declare that God will turn my situation around. Oh, come on. Let's say it again. I declare that God will turn my situation around. 
I declare it in the name of Jesus over your life. See, this is what you've got to speak when you're confronted with a curveball. It's not forever. That situation is not forever. That situation is not forever. That situation is not forever. I speak it into your spirit. It's not forever. It's got a use-by date. God's going to turn it around. God's going to turn it around. God's got to turn it around, and you need to make the declaration. So what do you do when life throws you a curveball? Number one, you can grieve. Number two, you can go to the rock. Number three, you can look back, look forward and make your declarations. And number four, selah. What does selah mean? It just simply means stop and breathe. Stop. It's a musical term that just says, whoa, just stop. Just pause. Just Take a break. Come on. Sometimes we need just to say, Selah. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, Selah. Which means stop and breathe. Stop and breathe. You know, your situation becomes so intense that you almost forget that you've got to breathe. Your situation can be so intense. And you think that nobody knows. And you just got to stop and just stop and breathe. God, I just need you right now. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.